You know we belong together. You and I forever and ever. <laughs> no matter where you are, you're, you're my, my guiding star. star. I'm at you. And from the very first moment I saw you, you. <laughs> I never felt such emotion. I'm walking emotion. on it just to know, just to know you are there. Hold me in your arms, don't let me go. I want to stay forever, closer each day. Home and away, let me be the one that you, you turn to. All the words. you can rely on, closer each day. Home and away, you're listening to the Russell Brand Podcast, right. accompanied by Mr. G and Matt on Pipes and Vibes. Did you there. sign on in the 90s? <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm doing now is working nine to F in five to what a way to make a living. Here we are in the studios of XFM making a podcast for Audio Boom. If you want to communicate with me and Matthew Morgan, then you can do Russell and Matt at audioboom.com. Many people have sent us many, many emails. Matt, and this is from the competition winner who got the poem, the geezer that was a policeman. He says, you know, we oh, right, him, sent him one of G's poems. He says, Beautiful. hello, wow, that's made my day. Thank you so much. Much love to you all, Pete. Pete there, the policeman, sending us that email because he got G's poem. You too could win G's poem if your email or contribution is the one that we turn to. Someone you can rely on closer, you stay home and away. Like the uh, theme tune and the sentiments in the home and away thing. So what do you think about that, do you, Matt? Why do you think that, uh, what, you don't have to pay for theme tunes as yeah, opposed to pop songs? So. I don't think it has I'm the pretty same sure you do. I don't know. Matt, well, we're in a lot of trouble because we're singing shit songs for no reason. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> like, if there's no, record, no, no, no viability to it. Matt, you know what I'm doing later on? Opening a cafe. I've already opened a cafe. Oh, yeah, closing a cafe. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading out one of Che Guevara's letters, and here is that. Can I have a practice on you? What do you mean you're reading it out? Who to? A uh, load of people for an event called Letters Live, where you uh, read out letters, letters. Live? Yeah, famous letters in history. Okay. Here's one. Not the whole thing. It's not that long a letter. Go on, then. Why are you approaching this letter from Che Guevara because to his children? Che Guevara is not a reader. I mean a reader. I mean a listener of our podcast. Yeah, but a lot of his fans, mate, are well into Wasn't this Wasn't he a really bad person? He was a bit violent, but, I mean, they were tough times. Homophobic? Murderer? He was a bit homophobic. He Terrorist. did murder some people. He, he terrorist, one man's freedom fighter is another man's Che Guevara. Go on and read his letter. To my children. Dear Hildita, Aldita, Camillo, Celia and Ernesto. That was his own name, of course. If you ever have to read, if you ever have to read this letter, it will be because I'm no longer with you, or he might have said because you're Russell Brand doing it as a podcast item. <laughs> <laughs> you practically will not remember me, and the smaller ones will not remember me at all. Your father's been a man who acted on his beliefs and has certainly been loyal to his convictions. Grow up as good revolutionaries. Study hard so you can master technology which allows us to master nature. Remember that the revolution is what's important, and each one of us alone is worth nothing. Above all, always be capable of feeling deeply any injustice committed against anyone anywhere in the world. This is the most beautiful quality in a revolutionary. Until forever, my children, I still hope to see you. A great big kiss and a big hug from Papa. That's Che Guevara's okay, letters to his kids. But who gets the hat? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, love okay, that. Dad, but who gets the hat? Give me a collection. Um, hang on, if he 
brought about a revolution? Why was he mm. still telling them to do a revolution against his revolution? No, he wants it to spread it everywhere. I mean, he only wound up dying because he'd done a successful revolution in Cuba, went off to Bolivia trying to cause revolutions, the Congo trying to cause revolutions, but the conditions weren't set up in an economically viable way for revolution in either of those places. And the Congo is bloody madness. They, like, the, they'd agreed to do a revolution for like a party that they thought was socialist over there in the Congo. They got there, it was just like a boat, met him on a speedboat, he said literally with a cigar <laughs> hanging out his mouth and like a couple of birds in bikinis and Jacob I was like oh hang on a second we're committed to all this you've lot of playboys and then Bolivia things were actually quite nice in Bolivia so when the revolution was going there weren't such you know people weren't so into it if he was around now mm. what do you think he'd be saying or doing I think he'd be kicking off wouldn't he I mean the thing is, is he's belonged to a different time and a different place didn't he the militarised times I mean there was no doubt about it if you read a bit about Che Guevara there was a lot of brutality went on a lot of homophobia and a lot of murders but when I, well, if I'm hero worshipping someone, I hero worship the bits of my like. I don't like go, oh, and they've done these terrible things. Just it's what I'm it. hero worship. Like you set aside some time. <laughs> oh, nine till ten, I'll do a bit of hero worshipping. Righto, we'll start with an hour of hero worship on Che Guevara. I'll then Fred West, and I'll ignore the bad stuff. But bloody hell, people! What people do ignore is that he had a lovely patio. <laughs> people are very quick oh, to God. condemn. Come on, that's all right. We all know murder's wrong. I mean, Russell. Yep. Yep. Let's, yep. Uh, let's Why don't we do a jingle that? before you get to oh, wade in? Oh, go on then. Do a jingle. Oh, my God, he can't even play a jingle. Yes, I can. Who's jingles? Podcast. That's weird. That was a, I remixed two jingles together. Yeah. No, you didn't. That's not a remix. Don't try and pass yourself off as Apex re- re- twin. Re- remix. You didn't re-re-re-remix nothing. That was chaos. That was, that was audio boom in chaos. XFM on the ropes. Do another one. Oh, do you want like, to see if you can do it, it properly? You're listening oh, to the Russian Russian Podcast. Oh, my God. Cute. This I is just a press them randomly. I don't try. Russell Brand, he has a podcast with his buddy Matthew in and underland. Russell Brand can understand you had read a dictionary on Lucky Man. Nice. Nice Lovely. jingle. Who was it? Uh, number even. six. It's now, number six, that's cardboard hit. It's 14 well, seconds. Why ask yes. when you know? Because I thought you were running that item. I'm not I... running anything. I'm running this into the ground. <laughs> you really are. <laughs> Go on, what's this thing you want to read out to us then? Someone called Metamagical 3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be, a, I don't know, three people. Russell's idea of reverse plagiarism has itself been reverse plagiarised by a French avant-garde literary group called the Ulipo. The sneaky bastards were going around calling it anticipatory plagiarism right back in the 20th century. They were even reverse plagiarism has already been reverse plagiarized. Bonkers. This this is the end of history. Nothing is new, nothing is novel, nothing is original except perhaps this husband claims his wife is nagging him from beyond the grave about her slippers. If you have crossed over to the other side, you've left your mortal body, you're experiencing dimensions new, why are you still going to be worried about slippers? Domestic affairs. Surely then, surely at death, because often when people are bothering me for holidays, I say, now look, you'll get a holiday when you're dead. Hang on, who's bothering you for holidays? <laughs> your cafe gone that far already? <laughs> Could we have 
have a break now, please, Russell. <laughs> what about in the grave? You'll be relaxed there. Plenty of time for laying still in your coffin. You'll be there soon enough. Now, mine's uh, a chop, cappuccino. Chop. Come along. <laughs> that bun's not going to frost itself <laughs> now, is it? Are you? Um, do you want to talk about your cafe? Talk about a cafe? Yeah. All right. So you opened it. I was meant to come, but I... I thought, where were you? A little place called Bed. <laughs> well, you should have been in a little place called Calf. I know. It was the, the joint was jumping. It was jiving. There was, was people it? going outside. It's fun, it's big fun. There's big fun. See, there's G endorsing it from a, the perspective of a man who got out of his... Got right out of the bed and turned up at the calf. Those kindness offensive people turned up in a big colourful bus. Too many media. I mean, it does become a spectacle in the end. Like, because there's so many media, so many cameras that the actual event itself becomes meaningless. The event becomes the recording of the event. It's not right, gotten yeah. any authentic reality. I, I saw friends, people that I care about and have known for a long time, couldn't get in because there was just a big like crowd of people. It was stupid. Not G, though. He hustled right to the front, <laughs> dragging someone from Brixton Radio or Prison... Prison, Prison, Prison Radio. He come hustling right up, eh? Yeah, oh, yeah. I, there was, there was, was hoping that idea would go away. <laughs> there was a guy that I wanted to meet um, called Clint. I'd give him a shout out because I knew him when he was inside and now he's outside working for the radio station. See, that's a good yeah. thing. And that's Positive. why we think we should do a podcast inside a prison. Or a cafe. <laughs> Giving the kicks from behind the bricks. It's me, Russ and Matt. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I like uh, that. Me, Russ and Matt. Oh, I am Russ. <laughs> I did it from the perspective of G. I was just looking at G, and I was like, which one am I? Who am I? I into his brain box. <laughs> I just quantum leaped into my body, G. <laughs> oh, no. A quantum fit now, I just reference quantum leap. What's I wrong know, with my frame of I references? Know. I must uh, know you something. Watch gladiators on Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I see that very unfortunately Zane has left the One Directions, and that's a that's a real kick in the snout for us fans. Because <laughs> he was only my second favourite one after Niall. I like him much more than Dipsy, and twice as half as much as Dinkleboobs. <laughs> <laughs> I liked one. Di- I mean, they're good lads. I'm actually sometimes I get a phone call from one of One Direction. Do you, Louis? That's, that's one of them. That's their and- manager, isn't it? Louis, <laughs> the old bloke from Ireland. That's him. <laughs> he needs love advice. <laughs> Helps him get rid of a body once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go on, go on. I, I thought Matthew. We decided after the brilliant episode where I regard you with Hollywood yarns. I know that we were going to do Hollywood style chats here on oh, our podcast. Oh, and you've podcast. just started husband's wife is. Yeah, I know. Beyond it's the crap. It's absolute cobblers, isn't it? Now, why don't you quiz me, a man who's... You've seen me on chat shows. Say I'm on Jonathan Ross with Keanu Reeves. Brilliant. Did you watch it? Keanu. Of course you didn't. I bet you called him Keanu. I did, you? actually. What did he say? That's not my name. He don't mind. He's like... I go, and it was my favourite bit, and it, I noticed he didn't make it to the show. Like, he said something, because like, there was a lass on there from Hull, Lucy Beaumont, comedian from Hull, and he kept asking about Hull, Jonathan was. And right. he's asking Keanu Reeves about Hull in a sort of co- kind of quasi... Ironic way, and that like I goes, and I goes, what's that? Because of the burp. Yeah, and I goes like, like a little pig liver. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but I goes, uh, I goes, you can't keep asking Keanu about like you know he was just staring into space. I mean, like you can see why he's he good at anyway. playing he Neo, even if you talk to him about the Matrix. He just stares into space. Anyway, that's what he's good. He's like a silent movie star because he looks. Like he's got a Christ-like pure consciousness. I think Keanu Reeves. Right, always oh, thick. Don't be mean <laughs> to Keanu, mate. Oh, not old Keanu. I goes to him. I go. I goes to Jonathan. He don't even know what's happening. He's been famous since he's twelve. He's living in a sort of a orb of white light now. 
It's it, it interesting being there. Him, Ollie Murs. And mm-hmm. um, I nicked Ollie Murs' phone for a bit. It didn't go over well. You know, what, on the show? I dropped, didn't see it. He dropped it down about that one on the show. They oh, cut right. it out. Loads of things were cut out. Most of my bits. But they <laughs> left it down. Like, he, he got up and left. You know you have to sit and pretend to be in a bloody green room? I mean, that's what I mean. The spectacle. Nothing's real. The opening of a cafe. Not well, real. showbiz, baby. That's why you went to drama school. I don't like it. I want things that are real. Do you? No. But you some things... things appear more real than that. Could they appear more real? No, actually, I do want... Don't you think all of us are craving authenticity, legitimate, genuine experience, rather than everything being a facsimile, a sim, simalia, sim, simulacrum? Is that the word? Simulacrum. It's a word. Something that's repeated so many times that it don't seem real no more. It's lost its original meaning. Yeah, no, I'm crying out for that too. You're crying out for it, baby. Yeah. You want so like you know that's what in fact I'm trying to do with that bloody calf. He's like create something that's actually real, real people getting back to work, real community experiences. But when you open it, of course, it's so sort of flooded with cameras and oh, media. Bloody turned into a bloody PR opportunity. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, time to meet the press. Oh. Hello, uh, hey guys. Now stand well back, not that far back. Come here, you stand, you bloody. I'm giving away one golden ticket. Never <laughs> child who can take over this cafe. You'll run this now. Look at you. What are you, criminal scum of the earth? Why, have a calf. <laughs> <laughs> no, what do you mean? I'm a go- good guy, ain't I? I'm you just trying my best. Guy. I'm a good guy. I'm a good girl. So, come on. Let's calm down. We've all gone up We're- into a high gear. <laughs> Let's crunch back down through the what gears. Let's Jonathan skid around the corner. You went on a chat show. Sat in that green room. You know I love Jonathan. He's yes. my mate. Yeah. Of course, I love him. But, like, sat in that pretend green room, I don't like it. You know me. I don't know what to do with my face. You don't. Now, there's a phenomenon called bitchy resting face or resting bitch face. Ooh. What which is, is it? when generally women, but I think it started from women. Is but it like, someone going, like, would they say the word sugar, perhaps? Is it. What? Well, like, is it like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that no, racism? That's something else. What's that I'm doing? Is that racism? I think so. Fair but, enough. like, no, it's. Uh, when what is a resting well, bitch if face? You shut up, I'll tell you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, it's when, like, a woman who's not... You know when you're not thinking and your face is just doing what its natural sort of face would do, right? Yeah. It just sort of hangs there, being a face. Yeah. Some women and men have, like, I think I've got quite an angry resting face, right? So when what, you're on screensaver. Yeah, when your brain's not doing anything, what does your face do? Some women have a bitchy resting face, right? Your resting face... Mm. I'd call it a Charles Manson resting <laughs> face. <laughs> no, no, what do you mean a Charlie Manson him with a swastika on his head. Him what they carry out all those Hollywood yeah, Hill murders. Yeah, swastika, let's not go too far. He was but a this sort of innovator. crazed stare. I do a crazed stare, do I? Yeah. I actually, my mind is never resting. My mind's always up to something, except when I'm in meditation. Sometimes that takes hours before I experience the inner divinity of true unity and oneness. I'll be sat there for ages thinking, all right, a lot of cods wallop for about an hour, a lot of the time. Yeah. So when I'm on a chat show, actually what I'm experiencing, and much the same as when I was sat bolt upright at the Albert Hall, is I'm experiencing what I feel are supreme realities, or at least realities that are beyond the context of sitting on that bloody settee with Keenu there, Earth from on the other side, Jonathan chattering away, audience, too much air conditioning, aware that everyone wants to go to the toilet, thinking, what is this menu even be? What is this menu even be? All these people sat on the settee. But then they think they they're thinking that, but they also think Get on board. Let my face go weird. Let's have a look at everyone's face now. I mean, look, this podcast at least is an attempt to authentically communicate our experience of being alive from a humorous angle, right? Yeah. 
that's what we're, we're trying to stick that out. Occasionally I'll look out the window at the top of a bus to check myself in, look at the reflection of the building opposite, bouncing off the top of the bus. All right, a little bit of street life. But when I'm in that, there's nothing real in that situation. The conversation isn't well, real, the interest isn't real. Is it weird that, like, because you know mm. Jonathan normally, like a person, yeah. then you have to go on. Like, even the way that, obviously, you know, for the... The pretend the show, greeting, your even. chair is angled to the audience. The whole thing, hello, yeah. What are you up to? And What's it that? even meant to be? Well, I mean, like you know, sort of like entertainment. No, but I mean, what is that situation? There's a man there behind a desk, and then there's a row of other people talking. I mean, what's its genesis? What's the? What's it is it weird, isn't it? Imitating. But then, what's do you remember when we've, when we've worked on shows that are essentially chat shows, and we've gone, let's not do that. It doesn't really work because people are so used to seeing that the format, visual grammar, yeah. the desk, yeah, the visual grammar. You need that stuff. But. Apparently, in the early days of chat shows, Matthew, it weren't like that. Like when there was a ch- the show that preceded. And Jonathan Ross told me this. As a matter of fact, the show that preceded Johnny Carson, the big famous. Talk Talk show in them days, or Ed Sullivan, even the one that preceded Ed Sullivan. Mm. Like at that time, they, they didn't really know what late night talk shows were, so they were still sort of practicing them and all of that kind of thing. And like when Castro done the Cuban Revolution, they said, Oh, and there's been a revolution over in Havana, so the show's live from Cuba tonight. And <laughs> here he is, Fidel Castro. And then, like a little while later, it came out he was the communist and enemy of America. He never just actually declared to be a communist, but. You know, it's like it was an open, free sort of format right, right. before it became rigidly cityscape in the background, blokes sat behind a desk, people coming in and out, a couple of plants. You know, I like- wonder when the first sort of interviews happened, because like in the Second World War... You didn't doorstep Churchill and go, what are we going to do about this? Hey, you know, Churchill, like- you want to stop smoking, buddy? You're drunk as a lord. Yeah, yeah, it must have just like he would just do a broad- like broadcasting was sort of a magical thing, wouldn't it? You'd go have and do you it. heard, Matthew, that it's apparently not even Churchill that did the... He didn't write the speeches. Apparently it weren't him that done the broadcast. Is that true? He didn't do the speeches? That's what I heard. Look on the internet. Look on the internet, young Dan. Google it. Did Churchill do the... Did Churchill do the... Churchill's speeches is from a Jamaican poet. Yeah, but did he read them out? We'll be smoking danger on the beaches. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, get into it. Everything's Irish. (laughs) (laughs) So was it Robin Day? Robin Day was one of the first great interviewers where he actually gave politicians a hard time. Well, he was the first person to challenge them. They gave them like a real hard time, but a lot of them before they were just... um, just allowing them to Blow smoke up political broadcasts. Right, right. Yeah. Sir, what are your policies? Yeah, Thank uh, you. Talking of party political broadcasts, and we were, mm. I saw that, um, did you see the thing with the two, David Cameron and Ed Miliband? Yeah, any good? Paxman. Paxman's a monster. Yeah? He just, well, he was he was really, favor, you know, it was in favour of uh, the Conservatives, the same, the whole broadcast. Was he? Yeah, it was. No, the whole broadcast was. They I heard grilled Ed Miliband. They just sort of bullied him. He goes, some people say you're, you're a, a bit of a weed. A, a North London geek. And things like that. He just said that to That's him. And then at the end, right? Geek. North London is a code ah, for Jewish. Do you think? Yeah, it is. All right, yeah, okay. Well, um, and then at the end, right, to make him sort of seem really weak and belittled, he went, are you all right? Are you really all right? Like that, just as the sort of... Oh, my God. Yeah, and I thought, well, that's just bullying. I don't like that, because I met that Ed Miliband once. when I remember when I was an aristocrat for a couple of months. I met Ed Miliband, and uh, he seemed all right. Nice, yeah, he yeah. was across the table. He did. I do worry right. though what? about like, you know, like President Putin. 
Like, you, right. you think, no, I don't mean I'm worried about him. I, I He'll be it. fine. <laughs> no, He's I tough think, as old boots. But Ed Miller. <laughs> he can take care of it. Don't worry about him, mate. He can, he'll see us I all in the ground. Fall off that horse. He hasn't no. got a top on. He might graze his booby. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, uh, you think Ed Miliband's nice and all that stuff, but imagine he's in, you know, he's got to make big decisions. And he's he got to be in a room decisions. with Putin. He's just got to do some admin. Putin to crush him with his elbow. Well, that's what I'm saying. He's representing our country. We might get crushed. Not representing it in any real way. Not in any meaningful way. Can't do any oh, proper decisions. You're not going to vote then. What's the point? What for? I mean, I would if there was... Uh, it's not like as well that I don't mind people if they do vote. It's just like, you know, don't expect it to do anything. Play tennis if you want, but don't expect a new social system to emerge from your tennis. It's not doesn't do anything. It's disconnected from the actual reality. That's yeah, the spectacle of being on Jonathan Ross, the spectacle of opening a cafe, the spectacle of contemporary politics. We <clears throat> I think when people are having a go at me, like they're sort of saying voting should mean something. No, yeah, people yeah. died for it. It should mean something. And I agree that it should, but it don't. That's all I'm saying. It's like, yeah. well, what's actually going to happen? Like, all oh, right, a few Greens might get in and then they'll form a coalition and then they won't be able to get anything done. And it doesn't matter who because it's systemically designed to prevent any actual change happening. The relationships are too entrenched. I don't think that anything real can happen. When, for just cast your mind back to before Blair or cast your mind back to before Obama or before Cameron or before any of them and then what happened? Oh, things basically carried on the same. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the days yeah. of our people built the NHS. That's like, that's history. It's a different economic time. They didn't have the kind of opposition then, the kind of systems and global legislation. I watched this thing the other day and it was saying that the uh, the Americans had planned, they wanted to test the nuclear bomb and they'd already had a plan of the Hiroshima and Nagasaki. It was four places they wanted to drop the bomb. Mm months before anything happened they just wanted to do it and there wasn't and Hitler wasn't developing a, bomb. a nuclear bomb at all they just said that it was, wasn't true oh my god so just what could we say that would justify this say Hitler was doing it but they yeah. just wanted to do it anyway yeah so when you see things from the other side and see like you know maybe Russia and China and people like that probably see America as quite a scary nation yeah politically but that's not the people's fault. I like that's Frankie why, Boyle's that's what's joke. sad about it Frankie Boyle said, like, talking about the film American Sniper, he goes, American Sniper is Star Wars from the perspective of a stormtrooper. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah, cause they said, invading force into a nation of, like, loosely organised rebels fighting for them to keep their land and freedom. Yeah. There you go, Frankie Boyle, Boyle great comedian. If the uh, Empire was sort of secretly funding the Ewoks. Ooh. They wouldn't... Sh- the Ewoks, you wouldn't be able to negotiate with those little idiots. They were disorganised. Well, I was taking the analogy side of that more. Right. Don't sort of think about the practicalities Chief of giving Chirper, money to Ewoks. Chief Chirper was a very poor leader. Wicked Ewarrick. Uh, I don't think you are right the Chirper's policy. I mean, they're very ecologically friendly, the Ewoks, but, but the way they treat C-3PO like he was a sort of metal Jesus <laughs> suggests to me they're not ready for high-level negotiation. <laughs> Come on, Matt, let's uh, do a jingle. And during that time, I'll think of a whole new item. Listen to Russell and Matt have a chit-chat With all the roking on his head, compelling facts I've got nothing, baby, nothing. Who was that? That's the, the Chas and Dave one that yeah, I love. That was uh, Veach87. Who's, Sen- who's Chunky Mark? Chunky Mark, Chunky Mark. Chunky Mark is a cab driver that does interviews in his cab and he's sort of like a radical sort of lefty type guy. Like, but sort of like he, he's like a cab driver, but interviews you about politics and stuff like that. And he's just got right. his iPhone on mounted on his desk as if it was a sat nav thing. Well, so they don't know they've been interviewed? No, you do know, because I went oh, on right. it. And, uh, like, you know, he's just like, he's a sort of a 
cult internet interviewer and he drove me down the calf on that day and interviewed uh. me because you know I've done some mad things you know we took over a news agent's awning that used to say the sun on it we've replaced it with the trues right because we spoke to the news agent said you want to do it and the sun's contract expired the sun massively overreacted to it like you know they're bo- like you publicly know, or not publicly, but by haranguing and bothering the news agent Mo, because I think that that all that stuff's in a lot of trouble. All old media, and yeah. like, I don't think they know quite what to do. That's why they, they keep sort of lurching at me. But try as they might, I'm simply not a sex offender, so that there's nowhere they can't. It's like, oh god, yeah. this bloke's annoying. Like so, hang on, the 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 awning, the yeah. sort of like sign around yeah. the news around agent. the news agent. You no, know, often yeah. they might say the sun or the mirror or whatever. We yeah. paid the geezer to put up true news, right, and the picture of the dog and everything. We did it through Max Kaiser, who does a thing on Russia Today, like, oh, and he's got yeah, cryptocurrencies and all that. Yeah. yeah, he's a really intense guy. Bitcoin, he's in the Bitcoin. Starcoin, his one's called. Yeah, but it's like he a works for Russia Today. That basically is propaganda channel, isn't it? Fair. Only in the same way that the BBC. He says that he's worked for the BBC, and he says that it's he has much less intervention working for really? Russia Today than he does working for the BBC. But I suppose if you were to look at it in a macro view, Russia Today would have a kind of it's good to destabilize, you know, yeah. Western countries or whatever. Yeah. So like people like. I could be on that Russia Today. You are on there sometimes. Oh, they good, do good. cover you because anything that's sort of like. Anti the West. Well done, Mr. Brand. How well done? done. Well done. Glasnost, Perestroika. Mr. Brand is doing very well. We should support him and his truth news agent campaign. Yeah, they disproportionately overreacted, the son. But how do they, what did they do? They kept hassling Mo, hassle the news agent. They got real leery with me. They, do, they printed a big angry review about like uh, about the cafe going the cafe's awful the, the <laughs> toilets are too small Nick said it's like bullying a mentally ill kid <laughs> so it's yeah. just like it doesn't come across good the whole place what, in is, the, new, the national newspaper yeah like complain about it so it's, it's getting drug addicts back to work it's for the community all the like, old ladies from there make like a pasta bake or whatever and stick their own music on in there it's like such a friendly chummy little venture in, yeah. its, in its early days and this is like what the news international waded into it I've got this amazing idea that I can't even tell you about on the radio that has, could have such powerful ramifications that I think over the next 12 months we could collapse a major corporation I'll tell you about it off air god it's sexy it's literally and he was killed later that day in the car, <laughs> <laughs> it's so sexy Matthew you'll love it when I tell you yeah. you'll love it you'll love it um, yeah. sorry to the listeners yeah because well they'll find out when major corporations start collapsing and old Russ marches about in a big pair of welly boots. Please just punch. There'll be a huge trues building. <laughs> um, yeah, cropping up all over the gaff. No, we don't replace it with the same thing. Replace it with something all nice. So, uh, oh, all right, I can tell you right. So you're that news agent there. So hang on, Murdoch, Occupy Murdoch, right? It's things like that. Yeah, I went down there, surely... see them late at night after, after I left you lot. They yeah. are drinking. I went down to Occupy Murdoch. So, uh, sounds horrible. It sounds like a load of people living in an old man's bum. <laughs> <laughs> to tell the truth, that'd have been nice because it'd have been warmer. It was freezing. <laughs> I don't know if it is warm in Murdoch. It's a chilly up Murdoch's like bum. Old, old snake. <laughs> a cobweb shedding his skin for up there. Some grisly dried old Who's bit down of garbage. Who's hey, back there? Hey, who's get, out. get out of my cave. <laughs> hey, you've no business being in there. Step is, away. Is that you, Blair? <laughs> Blair, get back out. I've told you never again after what you've done to Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> With his wispy old grey flossy pubes. Fuck, wait, you leave that in. <laughs> no, that's a turn around. There's a young Dan uh, Quick there. Is a young Dan. pubes. 
Glossy. Yeah, flossy. Flossy. Oh, flossy. Flossy. I imagine they think about that. Like old yeah. seaweed, all dangling down. <laughs> like old seaweed, all dangly tangled, all bum seaweed on Rupert Murdoch. So okay. if he doesn't like you taking over one of his news agent signs, that's going to really wind him up. Us having the image there. Surely, but, but hang on. How long do you think he will live for? He's an older man. I think he's made a pact with Mephistopheles. He might go on forever. I mean, that's what I heard about him from his, someone who used to work for him. He said that Rupert Murdoch thinks he ain't going to die. So if you say no to him, like he would just say, Ah, you'll come round. Yeah, in time, I'll get what I need from you. Could he be? Is he really evil? Or is he no, just... he's probably quite nice. I've heard no people that say he's all right. I mean, like, he's a human being, isn't he? So he's the yeah. same basically as us. But I don't know. I mean, he's gone quite deep into the old system. Yeah. Might be hard for him to see. So what is his, what's his end game? Like to control governments? Seems like it, doesn't it? I mean, I do wonder about this Illuminati mob. If you are in the Illuminati, could you send us an email, <laughs> Russell and Matt at Audio Boom? Could you put in the subject, I'm in the Illuminati and I want to come clean? I mean, it would be like Scientology, wouldn't it? Some people somewhere would go, look, I used to be in the Illuminati, but I'm all right now. I used to be Illuminati, but I'm all right now, type thing. They'd yeah. come out, wouldn't they, well. and say... It's agged me out being in the Illuminati. I don't, you know, I don't know about the Illuminati, but there does seem to. Well, there is like it's true, isn't it? That like, how many builder how many media true. companies run the newspapers? Isn't five it like, in America, eighty percent by six or five people in this country. Yeah. The Bilderberg Group's a real thing that meets every year and sort of a, a, an in in at the influences at a level of policy. Meetings. The TTIP, which everyone knows about, TTIP means that corporations were about to prosecute any nation that prevents them making profit. That's trying that they're trying to get that thing through now, and yeah, it, I conduct that. proceedings Why would Obama, in private who seems courts. All right. Why would he be pushing that? Obama, I can't get my head around that bloke. He seems ever so nice, doesn't he? When you, whenever you see him, but he must. It must just be someone said to him, "If you don't do this." Come in, sit down. Here's it. the score. You'll be shot. Yeah, it can't be easy once you're president of the United States. Why don't we talk about something a bit easier to understand? I opened a little nursery. <laughs> 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 what? I opened a child's nursery school. Who you did? Or are you reading something out? No, I did it. And I am also reading something out because that reminded me of like, I've got some things to say that aren't so gallingly controversial. And those things are I opened a children's nursery down okay. in East London. Yeah. I'm carrying on like I'm a mayor. I open nurseries, I open a cafe. Cut a ribbon, did you? No, I don't like to do things like that. I just open the door in a practical way because I'm against the spectacle. I'm trying to keep things real, aren't I? So I just so you open, open the door. the door of a nursery? That's right. They asked me to leave shortly. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's only a little nursery around the corner. Just keep from... saying it's little. No one thinks of a nursery as being big. Not one of your vast conglomerate nurseries <laughs> run by Sainsbury's or Texaco's. No, this was a little one authentic. And the people in there, not businessmen. <laughs> but no, but they were little too. Tiny little people that had only just begun to learn talking, for example. Ibn and Ibn and Obin. Well, you were invited. They invited you and went, oh, let's get him to open it. Open up the new. It wasn't even the entire nursery, actually. It was just a new bit of a nursery that weren't even that big. What? I mean, I should have turned it down, to tell you the truth. They went, open this new bit of the nursery. And I just gave a short speech about community the, uh, the deputy head called joy was leaving and the new head felicity was starting both those words mean happiness i used that as a link and off we went so there you go matthew that's what i've done then i've done some coloring in with a little kid called amber and f- there was one bit where frankie who's my friend's kid turned to amber and goes are we friends <laughs> i'd much rather just spend my time hanging out with children who say know. things like that that's not bullshit is it it's a genuine inquiry and expression of love yeah everything else this simulacrum simulacrum Russ Matt Audio how would you get because I like you know sometimes think what about an authentic life and I think to 
live an authentic life, you'd have to be feeding yourself off the land, yeah. going to find water. Like we live in a hunter-gatherer body and no one does that anymore. You don't have to expend calories to get food. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So like, and I think the simple pleasures, imagine you caught some food, cooked it, ate it, you'd feel good. You'd get a feedback from the universe. You'd be at one with the environment. If you were living outside, you'd start to recognise animal calls and stuff. You'd start yeah. Now, you'd have to give up a lot, but... The more, you, the more your life emulates those conditions, the happier you become. You know, the more you sort of think like sort of when you're exercising or eating well, when you feel like you've got an integral relationship with the world, like you mm. recognise stars, you recognise food. So why don't they, instead of having a gym, right, why don't they have like something with an ostrich in it and everyone chases the ostrich? Well, I'll answer that. In, firstly, by telling you that it would be cruel to, to chase a captive ostrich just for the purposes. I went to a climbing centre. Yeah, was there an ostrich there? But it, no. But it felt more like nature because it was clambering up a wall. They put like different things on the, you know, like the wall, yeah. different colour things. You clamber up there. See, that's that's good climbing. Organic cafe there. They grow food. The whole place looks like a castle. I mean. <clears throat> Yeah, you're right. I, I think that what's happened is, is the you, your whole life feels like a simulation. The whole life is you think, well, what is it I'm actually? What's the purpose of me? What do I do? I come to yeah. like you know, like think of how many people's jobs don't do bugger all. You know, what I mean, mm. people, if your job's not really about providing food or keeping people safe or tending to the land, I mean, God, at best we can say we provide entertainment and perhaps provoke one or two questions. But if you're not like, if you're not actually, like, everything is a sort of a shadow, a reflection. Yeah, what's the point? Well, well, you, I suppose it all builds up one. and then it all falls over and then we're back to being hunter-gatherers. Yeah. What, you what was that Einstein quote? The, I'm not sure what the uh, Third World War will be fought with, what sort of technology the Third World War will be fought with, but the Fourth World War will be fought with sticks and stones. Mm. Mm. Scary, isn't it? That's old Einstein. Old Einstein said that and sort of he invented nuclear weapons. So he's actually part of the bloody problem. Yeah. Instead of making wisecracks about <laughs> sticks and stones, stop arming the world with the technical capacity to destroy itself. Comb your hair. No. <laughs> no, that's one of the best bits Don't we like, that. stick your tongue out. <laughs> <laughs> Grow up a little bit. Stop scribbling on that backboard. He was around, wasn't he, at the same sort of time as Marilyn Monroe and things. Go on, quiz me then. What? Quiz me. About Marilyn Monroe? Well, no, not about her. I don't know anything about us. All right. Uh, Quiz me. You said, we said it was a real breakthrough, you said, when we talked about my Hollywood okay. life. Right. Now I want to know about celebrities you've interacted with since we've been it's off the air. It's a bit vague, isn't it? Well, I'm going to suggest them. Go Tom on. Jones. Uh, not Tom Jones. <laughs> I did interact with Tom Jones. Did you? I was staying I was in a very... Tom Cruise. You were done him. I, I staying in a posh hotel in London for too long. It was, I lost it. I was like a posh Alan Partridge. I lost my way living in that hotel, living on room service. You did live there for a long time. A long while I was in there. A long mm. while. <laughs> lost myself. Lovely you set place, up a though. little shrine on one of the windowsills, didn't you? I had set up a shrine. Little knickknacks and pieces of <laughs> toot. <laughs> <laughs> there we go, my little gods, my little lords. I'll worship you. Lovely little take little me little box car. Oh, that's nice. Had you a long time, Hot Wheels. Yeah, go on. And well, I was coming down, I was going down the lift, I was off to work or something, and I ran into Tom Jones's son, who's a lot like Tom Jones. That's not a very good story story. Wait up, man. This ain't the end of the tale. Uh. This tale's gonna take you on a giddy well, ride. Say, how would you know it was Tom Jones's son? Because he's a bit like Tom Jones, it's like that. So, hello, hello, Russell. You wanna come and see Tom Jones? Uh, to our listeners in Wales. <laughs> <laughs> you wanna come and meet Tom? He's in, uh, he's Tom in his Jones, room. he talks like that. That's it. 
Yeah. The sun's more or less. I'll be the sun, you'll be Tom Jones. You're going to be Tom Jones! What is wrong with you, boy? <laughs> Sorry, Dad, I've had to grow up in your shadow. It's uh, sent me over the edge, Jake. So, uh, like, he went and he goes to me, do you want to come see hello to Tom Jones? Okay. Come see hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's more, come see hello to Tom Jones. I goes, oh, I'm in a bit of a... You know when you're in a bit of a rush... You don't oh, have time. Oh, God, don't tell me you said no. I tried to say no. I said, I'm in a bit of a rush. I'd, you know, and he goes, oh, no, you won't Tom wait. Tom Jones, let me think. Tom Jones. No, no, no I don't I, think I, so. I, Are I, you any relation of his? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no I'm, just, I'm just his PA. <laughs> Are you crying? <laughs> he goes, come and say hello to him. And I thought, like, oh, I'm a bit rushed. And then like, it seemed like it would be impolite not to go. So I went. Well, yes. Right. It was impolite to say I'm in a rush. Right. I just gone. Yes, <laughs> yes, I would like to say hello to Tom Jones. Well, and he, he used to hang around with Elvis. You could have asked him about that. Elvis's favourite singer. Then I went into Tom Jones's bedroom. What? It was a suite. So that progressed quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Jones weren't there. He was in a different room. So I was in the room just with the son, and I was waiting around. Right. And then he goes, "Dad, I'm going to visit here for you." <laughs> and then Tom Jones came out in my Who mind. Who the fuck is that? <laughs> he was drying his hair. I think. I think he came out of a shower with like a towel around his waist, sort of drying his hair. And then, and then his son goes, Here we go, it's Russell Brand. And he went, Oh, hello. <laughs> and then that, it was just a, like a silence. Like he oh. didn't need me there. Well, and he I didn't. Right. And I didn't need to be there. So I'd like, you know, why have I got to conjure up something to talk about? Well, so who took the weight off the situation? Tom Jones' son just blasted his way through it, trying to create some awkward bridge of Welsh words between the pair of us. Really? Well, they started talking in Welsh. Stephen. Hawking, no. Seagal? We met him once. He came, he came on a radio, radio show. show. I mean, now that, that's right. radio. Let's go One back. minute he's in the car, on the phone, by the end of the show, he's there in the room. Stephen Seagal. I couldn't make it up. All right, what what films have you done? Let's go through the films. Do you remember? I mean, I try not to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> to tell you the absolute truth. Um... um well, who do you want a story about? I want some good celebrity Hollywoods. Let's go back to Hollywood, baby. Let's go back, way back, right. to Hollywood. P. Diddy? Yes, let's have some P. Diddy. Didn't you fly around with him for a while in yeah, his private plane? Yeah, it was very awkward. Why? Because I, 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 I couldn't think of anything to say. Like, mm. the fact is, you know me, I'm not really into all that. I like, I like, I like the end points, the drugs and the sex. The <laughs> stuff that people do... To get there, I'm not really that interested in. What were you doing with P. Diddy to lead to drugs and sex? Nothing. That's why I was bored. <laughs> <laughs> Flying about in a bloody jet, you go in a scarf that was too long that he insisted I wear. Really? I want you to arrive in a... I can't do a P. Diddy voice. I, mean, I don't know how he talks. Yeah. So Just you, do him as Tom Jones. <laughs> I want you to arrive in a scarf that's too long. <laughs> he didn't say that. 
He said to me, like, he goes, yeah, come to the, he goes, do you want to go to Vegas and watch uh, Ricky Atten fight Manny Pacquiao? I goes, yeah. And he went, all right, you get the tickets. And all that. Yeah? yeah. That's, fro- that's a throw down. That is, isn't it? I goes, no problem. My mates with Ricky Atten. What's he doing? Trying to test your celebrity sort of powers? It was a test of some kind. P. Daddy, he was testing me. Right. He goes, I'll get the jet. You get the tickets. I then. love it. Yeah, and then I goes, all right, I'll try and get the tickets. So I rang up Noel Gallagher. I goes, here's Ricky Atten's phone number. I'm trying to get tickets for Puff Daddy to go and watch some boxing fighting. He yeah. goes, there you go. I go, call Ricky Atten's phone number. Ricky Atten's not answering the phone. He's worried about doing a boxing match against Manny Pacquiao. We oh, was this not on the morning of the match? Like a couple of days before. Call it a fight. Bout. <laughs> and then I, I called up Ricky Atten. He don't answer the phone. And then I had to go back to the P. Diddy. I ain't got them tickets. You got them tickets? I had to go, oh, no, I ain't got them yet. <laughs> like that. And then uh, I had to carry on the search for tickets. So I was asking people in like the music industry, PR industry, casino industry. Seventh row I got. That's not enough for P. Diddy. No way. He wants to be in the second or third row, he explained to me. What about the first? Does want to get sweat and blood on Sweat it. and blood. Let that, let that Jay-Z can soak that up, he, he said. <laughs> <laughs> so like, in the end, I got seventh row. And then in the end, Puff Daddy got the tickets from some other source. I had to fly on a oh, private jet. he always jet. had them. He was drumming his fingers on them, on the desk well, in his office. a toothpick, drumming yeah. his fingers. You get the tickets, see what he can come up with. This up whole with. thing was a test, you're saying, from yeah. Puff Daddy. Yeah. Illuminati. Yeah. Mm, he, was, he was checking mm, if you were no. one of them. Oh, that's why I'm not being invited, because I failed the Illuminati quiz. Yeah. Then I, uh, like, so in the end, I, um, you know, I went with Puff Daddy to Vegas. Uh, <laughs> 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 he put music on on the aeroplane. Like it was a little aeroplane, you put music on. What's that like? No. So you don't have to go through any sort of, well, no, that's flying that America is good. to America. So you, you can, drive, get, can you drive You drive straight? onto the thing. Oh. You don't have to check nothing. You don't have to put your seatbelt on. You can play with your phone. Oh. So all that's a lie. Seatbelts and phone playing with. That's well, not necessary. Not, the plane starts going through turbulence. You might want your seatbelt on, but the phone thing. And the seatbelt thing. No, don't start telling people not to put don't the seatbelt on. Don't bother man! Fight the system! <laughs> No, I mean, like, obviously... What's it like, Is it his plane, or does he hire it? I think he blagged it. It's like a, being in a little leather thing. I suppose because the average rich... <laughs> like, I suppose because the average rich person's most likely from Saudi Arabia, it's Saudi Arabian aesthetics dominates oh, really? it. Beige yeah. leather, beige-looking things, things that look vaguely Arabian in right, terms of right. the aesthetic. What are the toilets like? Nice. Nice toilets, nice little toothbrushes and tiny bits of toothpaste in little bags, little nice little flannels, nice little things, a flower in a vase, you know, that kind of mm. stuff. Nice little sweets, things like that. You can ask what any food can you, you want. Can you go and see the pilot? He's fine. You can pop in there, say hello to him if you want. Pop into the old cockpit. Yeah. And then... Minute, <laughs> 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 that's done, etc., etc. So, um... Yeah, then we got to Vegas, and then he dragged us around. We got to the hotel. I think I might have helped finding the hotel with a connection I had to Planet Hollywood got to for a brief something. time. I've got to cough up something, can I, for Diddy? I'm in charge of snacks. Now, Piddy, would you like a blue ribbon? Because <laughs> I've got as many of those as you could eat. I've got Kit Kats, I've got penguins. Okay, I can't get skips, Diddy. I'm afraid that's going to that's gonna be a challenge. I do apologise. Oh. Yeah, and then uh, like we went to the boxing match, which I didn't like. Puff Daddy jumping up and down all over the over the chairs. I think didn't we speak about this before? And you said it was quite violent. Yeah, I didn't like boxing because I felt bad for Ricky out and getting punched up by Pacquiao like that. You don't miss it about. Mm. And then we had to go off somewhere else. Like Jay Z was there. Like Jay Z, like shook hands with Jay Z. He goes, "You're you're a lucky His man." Lifestyle's wasted on you. Then we had to go somewhere else. Jay Z was there. <laughs> I'd had any dinner. <laughs> 
No, I didn't offer me anything. I'd lost my dinner money, and then I, I left my brace in the toilet, so I had to go back next day, and I couldn't find my bloody brace, could I? I lost my PE kit. <laughs> so I had to do it in my pants. And Lil Wayne come in, and he pinched me on the back of the legs. Actually, Lil Wayne has prior to this. Like he's, I like Lil Wayne. Do you? He's, he's Is he the one with tattoos on his face? Yeah, long dreadlocks, t- t- yeah, tattoos on his face. Crunk he likes to drink. I think it's cough mixture. I think they <laughs> like to drink cough mixture and no, call it crunk. Crunk means crazy drunk. I think it's a thing that he drinks out of a goblet called crunk and it's cough mixture. <laughs> <laughs> I'd ask for some research. But <laughs> what? Trying to break your heart. Really? Crunk. He drinks crunk out of a goblet. And out of a goblet and it's cough mixture. Well, that's not very <laughs> pop starish, is it? Sounds um, tragic, apart from the goblet. <laughs> that's the sort of thing Alan Bennett would do in his mum's back garden. Yeah. Co- He'd oh. keep it down the shed. I'd drink some cough oh. mixture. Mother's whales oh, awoke me. Dizzy on crunk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crunked off me nuts. I'll have another egg cup full in the morning. Have a crank. <laughs> I'm so crunked off. Crunk juice. Here is some research. A drink composed of Red Bull, Honesty. Oh no, Hennessy. Originated by Lil John and Lil John of the East Side Boys. This may not be your normal energy drink, they say, but together it's crunk juice. Can't you Google? Uh, Defamed him with your cough mixture. I know it weren't even him. It's someone called Lil John, who I believe is a journalist for the Daily Mail. Now, could you could you Google uh, Lil Wayne cough mixture? <laughs> yeah, let's I really think, ruin this guy's I think, career. I think what you'll come up with is uh, some home truths. What's in cough mixture? It used to be well, it some co- of it used codeine. to be nice codeine. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. codeine. Oh, right. Like like ones that we you were can trying separate to be a street them. Street then. I used to move ice. Used <laughs> to move ice out of Brooklyn. I moved quite a lot of weight back in the day. Yes, shifting stones. Do you remember so when as we uh, filmed with those drug addicts and they would Which just ones? refer to drugs as brown and white. Yeah, brown and white. Is that what? Is that one of each? I thought they'd made that up. You want both? That's what people say. Get one of each. Bit what of both. Brown and white. In the end, it starts to sound like a couple of nans in a calf talking a about both. life. Yeah. Should I have a brown and Push I have a white? <laughs> Push the boat out, shall we? The white to take you up, the brown to take you back down again. The two of them quarrelling in your brain box. They are. What comes up if you do Lil Wayne cough mixture? Congratulations, you have libelled Lil Wayne <laughs> by trying to associate him with cough mixture, but he's a fine man. On Sunday night, during a concert in Newark, New Jersey, Wayne explained to the audience that sipping syrup, a combination made up chiefly of promethazine and codeine, which is supposed to be prescribed by doctors for severe colds and pneumonia, is part of the culture here in the South, although Philadelphia is also notorious for syrup. He also talks about how he gets flack for it. I've been criticised for the things I chose and things I've chosen he do, he said at the show. But what I tell him, the sample from I Feel Like Dying kicked in and a shirtless Wayne took his, shook his dreads as thousands of fans sing along. If you do what the F you want to do, say yeah, he yelled. And if that includes <laughs> drinking cough sipping mixture... Syrup. I like that. Oh, it's an old sipping syrup. <laughs> I'll take a sipping syrup, my boy. Yeah, go fetch me a swish from the yard and get me some sipping syrup. Next week I will try that on the air. Oh, no, actually, next week we're not here. You're not having sipping syrup. No, I don't want it. Yeah, I've got to go in Morocco now. Bye. Russell's got to go to Morocco for a week. To pretend to be God in a film with Nick Cage. You want to talk about that? Larry Charles? Larry Charles. Nick Cage. Larry Charles is a director, isn't he? He directed Borat. Kirby Enthusiasm. Borat. Kirby Enthusiasm. But that'd be plenty for us to talk about next time. But until then, let's balance a walnut on the microphone. 
and drink some bloody cough medicine. No, we got to explain that next week. Oh, it's going to be a yeah. We've we did some pilots before this. By I mean, God, they were. Can't good. you tell that this has been rehearsed and finessed? You don't think you just land at this level of professionalism? <laughs> no, you effing well don't. What happens is weeks of piloting, research, nuances. The belly bounce was actually. Written by Graham Linehan, the father Ted writer. He came up with the belly bounce. Brilliant idea. I, thank you, Graham. I mean, remember, in the initial... I mean, originally, it was intended to be Dylan Moran was going to play the part of belly bounce. And um, so, yeah, well, what we're going to do is... Those cut two shows those will be pilots. cut together, bits and pieces, stuff, you know, that was... Cutler links, cutler links, bit of... As your father. And then a week what after do you want that, we'll be back. Right, yeah? brilliant. Love it. Unless, well, we could probably even only miss one. Unless Russell falls in love with someone in Morocco and Which is not is that see him the... again. Oh, of course not. But you don't, we don't Abdul, you're there. a fine looking young man. You're the best rent boy in this country. Get him to me. Get him here now. Okay. Well Mr G, why don't you try and summarise all of this using rhyming words in the form of a poem? Okay, this poem's called The Greeting of Pretense. This world will test all of your opinions. It sets assignments for your views. As past letters form future tweets, we plagiarize the old to become the new. For reality will always need recording. Revolution hiding in plain sight. Do we only wake up and smell the coffee if served with the validation of cameras and mics? Yet unknown faces get arrested, frozen by the spectacle lens, as visual grammar occupies our headlines, keeping us strapped in our seatbelts. We grew up with Star Wars figures, ignoring the stormtroopers at our doors. Somehow, can we escape this crunked up madness and not be the droids they're looking for? Woo! Yes, G! Yes. G, what you provide us there with is a climax, a climactic ending. Matt, are you happy with the show? Yeah, I'm uh, ecstatic. <laughs> you don't look it, you look peeved. I know, well, I've got a bitchy resting face. Ah, good stitch back. Hmm? Bye. <laughs> <laughs> With that, they were gone. None of those men were ever seen again. Brought to you by Audio Boom.